0: In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with all of you. And we always like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of God, and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. We also call out to Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. We'd like to invite Mary to be with us, to pray for us, as well as to pray with us. Recognize that Mary is truly our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's pray, my friends, the prayer that Mary loves most, and that prayer is the Hail Mary, also known as the angelic salutation. So together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director, Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has many wonderful names, among which would be the Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of Gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our counselor, as well as our consoler. The Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier in our pursuit of holiness. Holy Spirit can help us out very much. And of great importance, the Holy Spirit is our interior master. St. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, that we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba meaning Daddy, her father. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us, to give us a lot of light in our intellect. in the fire of divine love to burn within our hearts. As we pray, the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit, that prayer is, Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our lord amen glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen our Lady Fatima, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. St. Cateri Tecawita, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome you all to our Perseverance family and how true it is that the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. So to encourage all of you, after praying together, as is our custom and perseverance family, we start to pray together as a family because the family that prays together stays together. Then, I promise that I'll be placing all of you on the altar when they celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Of course, the greatest of all prayers is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. No greater prayer. So I'd like to place all of you on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass and beg for copious blessings upon all of you. Now pray that all of us would be open to the workings of the Holy Spirit. And that we would say this prayer during the course of the day. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come come, Holy Spirit come, through the heart of Mary. My next intention, I'd like to pray for all of our families. It's true that the family that prays together stays together. I'd like to pray for the conversion of our family and all the family members and in individual like to pray also for those who will be dying today We'll pray also for Beb's uh, daughter's friend who was killed in a car accident and a woman who had a miscarriage. We'll pray for those also in our intentions, placing them on the altar that God would have mercy and give them abundant consolation. So we come together to converse and to pray together and to offer our our intentions, place them in the, heart, in the hands of Mary and on the altar for the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Okay, before getting into the, the riches of the readings from Genesis and the Gospel of Matthew and the saint who is St. Kateri Tekawita, I'd just like to mention something that's... Um, That's not known by many Catholics that Friday is a day in which we want to do something special. It's a day of penance. So um, offer up something today. Up until the 60s, the church said not to eat meat on Fridays, which is still applicable today. You can choose one of those three categories. Remember we talked about the practices in Lent to go up, to go in, and to go out. To go up, to go in, and to go out. Prayer, penance, and almsgiving. Prayer, I would suggest that you say your rosary if possible, even go to Mass today. By far the greatest of all prayers is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Then with respect to penance, giving up something, perhaps giving up desserts, not not eating meat, Eating a little bit less, drinking maybe water rather than your favorite beverage. These are all small sacrifices that are very pleasing to God. Then almsgiving can be interpreted in many ways. It's true that almsgiving can be giving giving to the poor. But almsgiving might be something like this, going and visiting an elderly person in a nursing home, or an elderly person in the hospital, or a, or a widow that's basically abandoned alone and suffering from isolation. Those are three different ways in which we can live out the the obligation of Friday to do something more. So
1: go up, go in, go out. Go up, go in, go out.
0: So let's move into. the
1: reading for today, and the saint that we celebrate today. The reading for today, we have
0: the book of Genesis with the family of Joseph being reunited. We have the responsorial psalm, which is taken from Psalm 37.
1: The salvation of just comes from the Lord. Then we have the Gospel, we're reading the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 10,
0: where Jesus speaks about upcoming persecutions, that we are like sheep being sent in the midst of wolves. And we're called to be as shrewd as serpents, but as simple as doves. And when we're put on the spot, not to
1: prepare our case, because it will be the Holy Spirit. It will be the Holy
0: Spirit that will be speaking through us. Don't forget that once you're baptized, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget that when you're confirmed those gifts of the Holy Spirit become all the more fortified. Rely upon the indwelling presence and person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will never will never abandon his faithful servants. So those are the readings and I'd like to start off I'd like to start off by talking about the saint we celebrate today and I think we'll be able to make a connection between the saint that we celebrate today And uh, the readings, especially the gospel reading, speaks about those who follow Christ. Those who follow Christ uh, will have to suffer for Christ. Of the eight Beatitudes that we read in Matthew chapter 5, the last of the Beatitudes are, Blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We shouldn't be surprised or taken aback if we experience some form of persecution as followers of Christ. Remember when the apostles, after the descent of the Holy Spirit, when the apostles were preaching the word of God, they were apprehended, they were scourged, and they were thrown in jail says that they rejoice because they are considered worthy to suffer for the sake of the name. They rejoice because they are considered worthy to suffer for the sake of the name. So if we receive some type of persecution, whatever it might be, For the sake of our Catholic faith, rejoice, Jesus says, because yours is the kingdom of heaven. Now the saint that we celebrate today, her life was characterized by by a constant suffering. Constant suffering. Her name is Saint Kateri Wita. When she was baptized, she took the name Kateri, which would be Catherine. So Catherine, St. Catherine of Siena actually became her patron saint. Her patron saint both of them women of great strength and courage when confronted by many obstacles. Take a witha I've heard two different interpretations. One interpretation putting things in order, another interpretation I've heard is she he she who bumps things down because her eyesight was very seriously impaired Two very different interpretations. Let's pray that we don't bump and knock things over. Let's pray that also that we would be able to order the disorder in our lives, to order to order the disorder in our lives. So she was born in 1656, April 17th. And she died in 1680. So she died when she was only 24 years of age. The same as Saint Therese of Lisieux. Her patron saint would live nine more years. Kathna Siena would live to be 33. So I think it's a good idea when we read read through the lives of saints and saints like this saint that we can become saints quickly. We don't have to wait until we become old to become saints. We can become saints whenever we want to. There's no monopoly on sanctification, but rather we can become saints as soon as we want. We allow the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier to work in us. She's going to be coming along, but nine or ten years after the, uh, the death of the some of the North American martyrs, you probably remember Isaac Jokes and John de Braboeuf and René Goupil. And, the, and those, uh, those saints that were martyred shortly before the coming of Kateri Tekakwitha. And as Tertullian points out, the blood of martyrs is the seedbed of Christian growth. So Kateri Tekakwitha was uh, brought up and raised in Upper State New York. In a town called Orisville, Upper State New York. And Pope Francis actually made this a memorial, uh, an obligatory memorial in the church calendar. So we celebrate this as an obligatory memorial in the church calendar. She's the first North American saint who was a Native American. Sometimes she's called the lily of the Mohawks. So she was a a Mohawk
1: Indian born in Orysville, New York. She said 10 years
0: after Isaac Jobs and his companions were martyred there.
1: She had a mixed family. Her mother was a Christian, her mother was a Christian Algonquin Indian. So from her mother's side she received
0: certain Christian principles that were instilled.
1: Whereas her father was a pagan Mohawk chief. We've seen the life of this saint
0: characterized by much suffering. Much suffering that to Terry take with accepted willingly from God in a certain sense, my friends, we all have to suffer. Suffer can make us suffering can make us either better or bitter. I repeat, suffering can make us either better or bitter. If we complain about our suffering, we become bitter and angry. Whereas we we accept our suffering united to the cross of Christ, that sanctifies us, and we become morally and spiritually better people.
1: So her suffering was a characteristic of her whole life. She had uh, her parents and her brother, and they all died of. A pandemic. So not only do
0: we experience pandemics that we experienced for three years, but there is a pandemic there in upper state New York called smallpox. Now they didn't have antibiotics and the medicine that we have in, in um, the modern world. When you had some type of disease very often it was fatal and that, that uh that killed both her mother, her father and her brother.
1: Kateri, she did get this smallpox also. She also was inflicted with smallpox. But what happened to her was she didn't die,
0: but her face was was filled with with marks, which turned out to be scars that she had the rest of her life. At the end of her life, there was going to there was a miracle that we'll talk about later on.
1: And not only did she have these scars that marked her face. But also, her vision, her sight, was very severely
0: impaired. That's why she would often be bumping into things because she could not see clearly. And she was, at times, self-conscious of her the marks on her face, and she would sometimes take a, a cover, a blanket, and cover her face because of the scars that she bore on her face, almost as if she's imitating Jesus with his wounds. We read in the Bible
1: that by his wounds we are healed. So,
0: Kateri up, she lost her mom and dad and her brother, and her health was seriously impaired. You see how God's uh, how God intervenes. Kateri that her her mother had a friend. A Christian friend, her name was Anastasia. Anastasia was the name
1: of her mother's friend, a good Christian friend. And Anastasia took care of little Kateri Tekawitha
0: and she'd often sit down and tell Kateri Tekawitha Stories about the Christian God. So, in a certain sense, Anastasia became, in a certain sense, her catechist. She's not baptized yet, but she's she's being prepared to receive the sacrament of baptism by these influences. My friends, this is called divine providence. Divine providence. I said before if you want to get me angry say good luck father broom. Good luck father broom. Don't say that. Because I don't believe in luck. Rather I believe in what is called divine providence. Nothing happens by chance. Rather we believe in divine providence. God is the one that's behind the scene in all of our actions. God sees everything. God allows everything. And Jesus says, my heavenly father has you in his hand and no one will be able to snatch you from the hand
1: of our heavenly father. So we don't believe in luck.
0: We don't believe in chance. We believe in divine providence. Nothing happens by chance. So let's move into life of uh, St. Kateri Tekawitha. Eventually she's going to be led into the Catholic Church
1: and she will be baptized. Thanks be to God. Now Kateri's uncle Who was a Mohawk chief took a Terry
0: as his daughter at the loss of her parents and Anastasia would be talking to her and talking about Christianity. Back then there there was a treatise between the French explorers and the Indians in which they allowed Catholic priests to come into the into their into their villages and these priests were called black robes the Jesuits black robes because they were they wore the black religious habit the black robes So, Katera is learning more about God from a missionary. A missionary. You know that persecution and suffering is going to become stronger. It was the custom of the Indians as well as many cultures that daughters will be given away to marry but Kateri was inspired by the Holy Spirit to make a vow of virginity and not to marry she refused, she felt that the Great Spirit was the only one she could truly love. A human love would never fully satisfy. Tekavita, only God. Her heart was made to be given totally to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But this, this made her uncle very angry. So, she was learning more about God. The missionary would come and she'd be listening very attentively to the teachings of this missionary priest. So, She finally asks, she finally asks to be baptized. I think she was about 19 when she was asked to be baptized. So she was baptized on Easter Sunday, which we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But things became more and more difficult. Not only did Kateri Tekawitha receive persecution because she didn't want to marry, but also but also she wanted to deliver Catholic faith live her Catholic faith and she decided to live out the commandments so one commandment is to keep holy the Sabbath so she did not want to work on Sundays because Sundays, my friends, keep holy the Sabbath is a day of rest, is a day of Sabbath rest, whereas the Indians did not respect Sunday as the Lord's Day. So they would work on Sundays as they'd work any other day during the course of the week. And as a result of this, Kateri was being persecuted in various ways. They made fun of her. And on Sundays they would deprive her of food. They wouldn't give her anything to eat. They'd even throw rocks at her. But she suffered all of this very patiently. So this, uh, this went on for, for about two years. So it was getting worse and worse. Consequently, she talked with a priest and the priest gave her this advice. To flee for Canada. Where there was Christians and she could live in a community with other christian christian women and not to be so per- persecuted so violently so this is what happened one day one day when her uncle was not at home kateri decided that she would flee home. So she left for Canada with another Christian whose name was Hot Ashes. Interesting. She went with another Christian heading toward Canada with another Christian called Hot Ashes. And she had to travel about 200 miles north, going north in New York, heading toward Canada and he- heading toward
1: Montreal. Once her uncle learned of this,
0: he, she, he pursued her but was never able to catch her. Never able to catch her. A priest wrote a note, was missionary priest, wrote a note to be given to a, a Canadian priest. And what was written in the note was this, I send you a treasure. Catherine Tecawetha. Guard her well. What a beautiful little note. They send you a treasure. Catherine Tecawetha. Guard her well. So I'd like to just briefly go through some of her sufferings and mortifications and then some of her
1: spiritual practices, and then her holy death. Her holy death. Part
0: and parcel of the Christian life, this is a common denominator, that Catholic saints always have a deep prayer life a deep prayer of union with the Lord, as did Kateri
1: Tekawita. But these were her sufferings. Quite a few.
0: Number one is mentioned, she had her face that was scarred, which would have caused her discomfort, but also
1: it would have been humiliating. Second, her eyesight was always weak. Third, she was afflicted with migraine headaches. Also, she had stomach cramps such that she could not eat that much. also she would she was known to have also burnt herself as a type of penance or mortification if that were not enough in her food
0: she would Think about about this. When we have our meal, we sit down to a nice meal. We get the salt and the pepper and the mustard and the ketchup, the mayonnaise and the condiments. We just fill our food with condiments to
1: spice it up so it tastes better. In her case, she would actually sometimes put ashes Ashes on top of her meal. And never complaining. In our modern world, we suffer from a modern maladies called complainitis. Complainitis. If that were not enough, of course, she was persecuted by her
0: tried because she didn't get married and she would not work on Sundays so they would throw rocks at her and make fun of her. So her short life was marked with with great suffering but interior joy because she recognized that Jesus Christ really loved her. And if we if we really believe in God's love for us, then we can carry the crosses that God gives to us. If we really believe in God's love for us. If we really believe in how much God loves us, and we can carry our crosses.
1: We can carry our crosses. Now, if that were not
0: enough. She lived an outstanding Christian life of, of piety. Of piety. And as mentioned, my friends, it, it really is impossible for anyone to suffer so much and so constantly and persevere in carrying such a heavy
1: cross then we cannot carry that cross unless we have a deep union with the Lord.
0: A deep union with the Lord. So these are some of the These would be some of the uh, spiritual practices that characterize the life of St. Kateri Tekawitha. Now that she's baptized, she has the name Kateri, which as mentioned earlier, her patron saint would be the great St. Catherine of Siena. St. Teresa of Avila and
1: Catherine Siena were the first two women doctors of the church. So, first, she went to
0: Mass daily. Forget, my friends, we're talking about 1656 to 1680. Talking about 350 years ago. It was not common for people to go to daily Mass and receive Holy Communion. But that's what gave her strength. We mentioned this many times and I'll repeat it. The greatest of all prayers The greatest of all prayers by far is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. No greater prayer in the whole world than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So she was fortified by the Mass and by the Eucharist. Next, she lived in a community with Christian women and there in the community there would be a a church or a chapel. So she had the habit of visiting the chapel and she would visit the Blessed Sacrament visit the Blessed Sacrament remember as a child one of the one of the first little couplets that I learned from my mother was the following whenever I see a church I stop to make a visit so that when I die, the Lord will not say, who is it? You like that? Whenever I see a church, I stop to make a visit so that when I die, the Lord will not say, who is it? Remember as a child often when I'd be traveling maybe to the store with my mother, if we were passing in front of a Catholic church, we would stop in the parking lot, get out, and make a five-minute visit. Whenever I see a church, I stop to make a visit so that when I die, the Lord will not say, Who is it? So let's get in the habit of drawing closer and closer to the Eucharistic Lord. Closer and closer to the Eucharistic Lord. Other practices. This is another common denominator among the saints. Kateri Takawitha prayed the rosary often. It's hard to find a modern saint that did not love Mary and pray the most holy rosary. Now more than ever, we encourage all of all of you to love the rosary, to pray the rosary, to pray the rosary with their family, and to propagate the rosary, as did many of the saints, like Padre Pio, St. Louis de Montfort, John Paul II, Bartola Lungo. Those were her practices of piety. But apostolically, apostolically, her prayer life, her sacramental life motivated her to bring Christ to others, to bring Christ. To others, and she did it in several ways. First is that she had a very special love for the sick and the elderly. Remembering the words of Jesus, whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers, you do that to me. I was sick and I was in prison and you came to visit me. When, Lord? Whenever you did it to the least of my brothers, you did it to me. And also Kateri taught the little children their catechism, taught them about God. So here we have a a life a very full life of much suffering, a deep prayer life, a very rich sacramental life, a Eucharistically centered life. And this overflowed, going from contemplation to action. We're all called to be contemplatives in action. If you like the phrase. We're all called to be contemplatives in action. And then She brought Christ to others, to the elderly, and to the children. So, when she was only she's only 24 years of age, which is the same age of Saint Therese of Lisieux. He died at only 24. Highlighting the fact, my friends, we could become saints right now. We don't have to wait until we're 95. Maybe we won't live to be 95 anyway. My friends, right now, all of us should make a firm decision all of us to try to become saints. Our perseverance family conversation, one of the purposes to help us to persevere in holiness so that we can become saints. Now, a miracle. When she died, witnesses give testimony to the fact that the scars, the scars that marked her face as a result of the smallpox epidemic, scar... The, the scars that marked her face, they disappeared. And her face became beautiful. And the little smile was seen on her countenance. And let me tell you the last words recorded in the life of St. Kateri Tekakwitha. There are four words. And perhaps these can be the last four words that we say when we go from this life to the next. Her last four words were Jesus, I love you. So I hope, my friends, that this has been a good
1: conversation. That all of us in our perseverance family in our perseverance family, all of us will try to become great saints. All of us will try to become great saints. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you.
0: The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.